On January the 30th, the NSA WNC chapter had its inaugural speakers showcase. And one such speaker was Jennifer Manili, who has helped families for the past six years deal with substance abuse. Today's topic, she will talk about how leaders and organizations can help support employees with substance abuse. Hey, let's talk about it. This is where we do, and I, I always lean on questions are magic. Asking people, sitting down and just really for a moment, not making any assumptions, not coming at people head on, but just starting the conversations. Greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. This is season four, episode 36. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Emerging Leadership Development. As a certified coach, Jennifer Manili has been working with families that have loved ones with substance abuse issues for the last six years. She has over 16 years in recovery from a serious drug addiction. Her experience with her own substance abuse issues provides experience and insights that families need in order to communicate better and set effective, supportive, and loving boundaries. Hey, Leadership Is audience, I would like for you to welcome our hero today, Jennifer Manili. Welcome, Jennifer. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Besides what I just said there about you, uh, would you be so kind as to let our audience know more about who is Jennifer Manili? Man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the question is, is, is which lifetime in Come my many now. lifetimes <laughs> yeah. do you want me to approach this from? So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I guess I'm going to approach it because of your podcast and kind of what you focus on a little bit more into who Jennifer Manili is in terms of the business sense, since this is a leadership podcast and, uh, kind of where I got going on this journey, which has been a very interesting journey, a very rewarding journey. And I, I just love what I, what I do and how I'm here to help. And that's all, I think even since I was a little kid, if you want to know anything about Jennifer Manili, it's always been, she has just always had a desire to help in, yeah. in general. I mean, even as like a little kid, if I would see somebody being bullied on the playground, I would rush in and try to help that person. Uh, if it comes to animals, I try to help them. If it comes to people, I'm always willing and able to try to help them, which is both a blessing and a curse. Cause when you're starting to talk about substance abuse, help looks very differently. And I had to learn through my own experience, what does helping someone that has substance abuse really look like. And that's been kind of a ongoing journey for myself, as well as what I do for my business with the families that have loved ones that struggle now. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's kind of my brief, my brief intro into who Jennifer Manili is and always open to more questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
So thank you for that insight. Um, as this podcast deals with leadership and leadership development, <clears throat> pardon me, employee engagement, you know, my, my questions uh, are going to come from that perspective, but still dealing with the human side of addiction and recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so um, with, with that being said, you know, in an organization, you know, how, how can leaders foster a culture of empathy and understanding for employees dealing with addiction challenges? Yeah, that this is a great question. And I, I love this question. And I think our first understanding and framework to your question has to be to let go of any sort of idea that this is not my problem to deal with. Because as our culture grows in, in substance abuse and addiction, we're seeing this more and more. So it's becoming everyone's problem. And I think that happens a lot in like in organizations, when you have leaders that are, that are looking out into their employees or, uh, you know, whoever's working under them, their team leaders, their VPs. I think there is this, this, being for them that says, I don't need to worry about that stuff. That's not my problem. We're just going to, you know, push them off to the side. And I think we have to first understand that we are in this as a community together. And that includes employers, leaders, CEOs, all the executives, people are struggling and this is everyone's problem. So I, I would also say, you know, education is really good starting to really understand mindset and mentality of what goes into that can be very helpful but it can also be very scary and daunting when you are someone that is not part of any sort of that <clears throat> that type of world right <laughs> yeah so i think i think to start with we have to say this is actually my problem we need to start educating ourselves on what this really means for our company, for our employees, and what we can do to help. That's just, that's r- number one. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, with that being said, can you share some ideas um, in what ways can leaders promote awareness and education about addiction uh, within the workplace? Like, you know, what, what, what ways can they do this without it harming, harming, um, the, uh, the, the, the person in recovery or that, you know, needs to go into recovery, um, and, you know, without just exposing them in some negative light. Sure. Well, I think there's a lot of people that <clears throat> believe it or not, and we're, we'll talk in terms of, you know, big business here where you do have a lot of people that are in recovery that yes, maybe when they go into their professional lives, they don't necessarily want it to be known, right? Like they don't want to talk about it. And that's true within the company, but there's a lot of other people out there that are willing and able to want to talk and share their experience experiences, right? So it's so helpful to kind of know, cause this is such a broad thing 
of of well how do i deal with this it's like for everyone you're going to have a different thing of what you're looking for so you're going to have to be a little bit specific in what are you what are you asking so is it if someone comes into work and like drunk all the time or you just feel like they are drinking a lot more than they should where is the balance between you know how do you start those conversations into where you're like is this really my business Hmm. right and those can get to be dicey conversations and the challenge with having this conversation even with you jason i just want to be transparent is is i don't know where that line always is (laughs) myself because it is such a dicey kind of thing of going is this really my business and my kind of rule of thumb is looking at performance, right? Uh, uh. So we can always come back into, do we feel like this person is performing at their best? And if we feel like this person is not performing at their best, because we kind of have an idea that maybe something is going on at home, maybe it's substances, maybe it's the, the people, they're not the ones doing the the drugs right they're not the ones doing but but maybe they have a child at home that is struggling with this and they're not coming into work at their best yeah because they have all this chaos at home right yeah this is where we do and i i always lean on questions are magic asking people sitting down and just really for a moment not making any assumptions not coming at people head on but just starting the conversations hey are you okay i just noticed that maybe your performance hasn't exactly been where it has been in the past and i just wanted to bring you in and see if there's anything that i can do to support you to help you you know what's going on Those kinds of conversations I think are really, really helpful while we're asking questions and maybe they will be honest and maybe they still want to hide. And if they still want to hide, then there's nothing that we can really do, but we can always fall back on performance, right? Well, (laughs) I, I totally support that you don't want to talk to me about what's going on personally. However, we do still have to look at your performance. And how we're going to get you to where we need you to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, what you just did was answered uh, my next question, which was how can leaders create a stigma-free environment to encourage employees with, <clears throat> pardon me, addictions uh, to seek help? And you just answered that, like, you know, just that was just spot on. So by having conversations that deal with performance, and when you're dealing with performance, that helps you to sift out, you know, what's really going on in a person's in a person's life. Um, I have this thing that I teach in my leadership development classes. Uh, it's called Core, you know, which is the creator's original reason that you know I'm in existence. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like three rings. The first ring is you look at the behavior 
of the individuals. And then the second ring or circle is you look at, you know, uh, the circumstances behind, you know, what's happening. Um, what are the circumstances, the reason, you know, the excuses, you know, <clears throat> that's happening for the behavior. And then the, of course, the middle ring is the core. And so most people, don't even go to the second ring to kind of investigate the circumstances and the conditions. They just look at the behavior that the circumstances and the conditions um, have, have, have produced. And so then their systems are accustomed to be more punitive mm -hmm. in, in their quote unquote corrective process of of the behavior so what you just said was just you know really questions of magic and just having conversations and building relationships i think um to go along with what you just said um will absolutely uh, be impactful in a person's life right well and there's always reasons whether it has anything to do with substance abuse or not there's always reasons why people may not be performing at yeah. their best yeah. and it's like if you want to get the best from people then people need to kind of be at their best right and yeah. it being punitive it's like we don't know what's going on and and to be clear it's none of our business in terms of professional lives of what's going on it really isn't but we do want to create an environment of understanding because when we start understanding and we can support people I think we end up getting more out of those people because their lives at home are probably chaos. And, you know, we don't want to get too invasive into someone's personal life. But sometimes people, when you start asking questions, they want to tell you what's going on. If they feel like they can, if they feel like they yeah. are safe, yeah. by and large, people want to let you in. Yeah. They're just scared. Yeah, I found that I have found that to be absolutely true, you know, about people. So is it, you know, if a family member suffers from this or struggles rather with this, does the whole family struggle with this? Absolutely. It You can't have one person that's sitting here struggling and not have everyone else looking in at them with this huge desire to want to help them, maybe feel like they can't help them, but also, and we'll just talk a little bit about just so I have a, a clear focus, but I focus a lot for me, like on those parents that have these, these kids. And when I say kids, I don't mean the young kids. I mean, you know, they're, they're in their twenties to, all the way up to 40, 45, 50 <laughs> that are yeah. struggling. They'll always be kids, right, to, to yeah. their parents. So I look at the parents who are really just feeling a lot of guilt and shame from maybe their own loved ones that are struggling in this realm and going, what do I do? How do I support them? Is this my fault? All of those questions. So, yes. Then they go out and start asking their friends and families, what do I do? And sometimes because it's like not everyone knows what to do, it's really easy for friends and families to say, oh, well, you should do this. You should do that. You should kick them out. You should turn your back. You should be really hard on them. You should, you know, they say tough love really helps. And 
all, all of those things. And it's like, well, yes, but <laughs> yeah. maybe you don't exactly know everything of, of how to do, go about and do that. Like when I think about tough love for me, right. I think about tough love as having to make decisions that are tough to do. A lot yeah. of other people hear tough love and they're like, Oh, we got to, we just got to be really hard on them. And if that's not working, we got to double down and be even harder on them. And so now it's just even like everyone is just really coming down on someone who's already down. And so, yeah, yeah it, ex it, it expands very rapidly and no one feels good about it. And so every, everyone is carrying this burden into everything that they do, including their work life. Yeah. Right. That burden of going, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm being too tough on them or I feel like I'm not being tough enough. And all of these questions that arise, they're carrying all of that into their workplace. Yeah. Right. And now their performance is starting to suffer. So their friends and family, they're carrying it. So their performance is starting to suffer and it just starts expanding. And it is, all of a sudden you can see very quickly, and I don't want to go into anything too macro here, but you can start seeing very quickly why sometimes in certain arenas, maybe we, the, as a whole, the country is struggling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we're all carrying all of this stuff all the time that makes everything just feel like a burden uh, yeah so it's all related it's, it's all related, related. right related. yeah so uh, what i guess um you know what kind of training programs can leaders um implement to help you know managers identify and handle signs of addiction among their team members <clears throat> Well, this is this is a very interesting question because, um, it, it, you know, it's like what can what kind of training programs are out there, right? Yeah. And that can be really hard. There are like a few different places because first, I think we can't just keep going into the blind leading the blind, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's just not a good place to be. But there are actually organizations out there that are designed to kind of help organizations and, and companies with training programs on how to do this in a, in a much more, I am not that person in terms of going into a company and training them and their leaders. Although I probably should add that to my <laughs> list of Absolutely. things to do. <laughs> I work, I work very much more one-on-one. -on -one. Right. So if like uh, a, a, an employer has questions, I can help them answer in a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. I can help them develop, you know, some things for them, but I would definitely go and find different organizations. I have one in mind. I actually just went to, it's, it's called PRISM. It's people's recovery initiative for solutions and more. And they are actually having this initiative that is going into organizations and doing these kinds of trainings for workplaces, for leaders, for companies to start getting a handle on their workplace and how to create that kind of environment. And they're not the only ones doing it. That's just the one that's on the top of my mind. 
So, you know, if you're not in like Western North Carolina and somewhere else, I would just find an organization out there that is doing something like that. Uh, and they are all over the country. They are doing different things like this. Cause I think these, these, uh, places just want to start making kind of these work environments a little bit more accessible to both recovery and family members who may be struggling with this because we're starting to see how much it impacts the company's bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> and it does. I mean, cause at the end of the day, it's like, well, what's in it for me? Well, if you're not getting the performance out of people that you need, then you're, it's going to hit your bottom line. <laughs> That's why, I mean, yes, it's great that we care. Obviously we do care about people, but it also really does impact uh, companies. Very good. Very good. So Jennifer, how can uh, people get in contact with you uh, to get that one-on-one collaboration uh, with you? Sure. Uh, you can just go simply go to my uh, website. It's ManeeliConsulting.com or JenniferManeely.com. My last name is spelled M-A-N-E-E-L-Y. Or you can just shoot me an email, Jennifer at ManeeliConsulting.com. Jennifer Manili, certified coach, helping with recovery and mending bonds and uh, helping families. Hey, thank you so much uh, for being our guest today on the Leadership Is podcast. And, you know, always know that this door is open for you. Looking forward to many continued uh, conversations. Um, Also, Jennifer is going to be a guest speaker March the 14th for the ABBC, which is the Asheville uh, BIPOC Business Coalition. And she's going to be speaking more on this. And so you can definitely send me an email at thejasonamohammed at gmail.com if you'd like to get more information about that. Jennifer, thank you so much uh, for, your, for, for your, being, your appearance today. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. As we had our special guest on, Ms. Jennifer Manili, and she was talking about substance abuse and really dealing with um, what can leaders, what can organizations do to support um, any of their employees who may be struggling with uh, substance abuse. So uh, if you know of anyone that is, you know, going through that, or you yourself are going through that, call this number 1-800-662-4357 and just talk to someone about it. You don't have to go through this alone. All right. You do not have to go through this alone. Um, But again, always remember that leadership is influence and service. Mm -hmm.